Okay. 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 It's okay. We can do this. Okay. Okay. We know how to podcast now. I'm so scared. (laughs) Okay. Speak. Speak, Samantha Allen, also. (laughs) I'm sorry. Also, Sprock, (laughs) Samantha, Sustra. Um, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is You Should See the Other Guy, the podcast in which we watch a romantic comedy and tell you why the person who picked a love interest did so poorly and should listen to our advice about who to love instead. I am Jennifer. I am Samantha. And I am Sadie. Ah, it's been too long. I am very happy to be back with you. I listened to you while I was away at the rock, communing with the crag, uh, learning new things about myself and accepting new assignments from the shapeless oh, monolith the, in front of me. The rock. I yeah. thought, I'll, I'll be honest. I <laughs> thought that there was just a Dwayne the Rock Johnson cameo that I missed in this movie. <laughs> and that's why you named yourself the rock. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that seems accurate. <laughs> I, I believe her. <laughs> I, I, it refers to Smith Rock State Park, where I was on vacation, which is why you didn't hear from me for the last little bit, fair listeners. And I, we probably have new listeners because the Our Flag Means Death episode was very possible. And to you, new listeners, I apologize that I am also on this podcast. <laughs> was very popular. <laughs> It was very oh, possible. Yeah. People like TV, it turns out. People don't watch movies anymore, I think. See? We- <laughs> See? What do I keep saying about that if they would keep it 90 minutes and under, <laughs> <You're right. laughs> movies would have a shot. <laughs> when you're right, you're right. Uh, now, Jen, I have to ask you an important question. What do you, how do you feel about TV shows? Since we're speaking about numbers mm-hmm. for this episode, how do you feel about TV shows where each episode is in like, like 90 minutes? I suppose it would depend on situation, of course, but I prefer like an, a season of like 10 episodes that are like 45 minute length, I think is ideal. So it's, yeah, yeah I kind of, it's a little bit more of a stretch. If it's like 90 minute episodes that are uh, like in a shorter season overall, I'm more likely probably to like stretch out watching that or in actuality, like watch the first episode or two and be really into it, but then lose interest and wander off before I make it back to the end because it's just a lot of sitting. Yeah. Good talk. Uh, this is how <laughs> you should see the other guy. <laughs> is too short. <laughs> yeah. I'm oh, not sure it's good that we're entering an era of all gen attention span media consumers. <laughs> is it? I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I used to have a much better attention span, but now I do not. That is my you both probably spent well you particularly janice who i'm calling out you probably spent more time watching our flag means death episodes consecutively than you would ever tolerate like a movie yeah for sure you can also call me out on that (laughs) like how many times have you watched the season now i've watched it no less than six times (laughs) so i've watched it once 
and I've watched some of the episodes <laughs> again. And the there beginning. are there are there are some episode like episode four where they go on the ship with the French people. I've seen that one like maybe fifteen times. Jen, I'm gonna I'm gonna create a special program for you. It will be like an application for a VR headset. And it means I can take you to movies and halfway through the movie, I'll put the headset on you and it will play like a fake closing credit sequence. Oh. And then you can take it off and be like, oh, the next episode it's is starting. Movie. Yeah. If, Here you we know, go. If they would give me that like episode intro music again, kind of for a reset. Samantha, you really might be onto something here. Like yeah. <laughs> I Just can make it. Just sketch the opening credits for the movie like yeah. <laughs> into the 45 minute mark. Or the hour mark. That's I my think solution. It would work. That's genius, actually. I'm I'm all for it. <laughs> uh, anyway. Should we talk about so this silly little movie this week? What's your number? <laughs> Twenty eleven, baby. What's your number? Hi. This, this is was the most that... 2009, 2011 movie I've ever seen. Yeah, I think you can tell oh. it's 2011 because it has like the spirit of a 2009 rom-com, but I had never heard of it or realized it existed till now. So I think it kind of hit at the end of that wave. You can also tell from all the early references to like social networking taking off, like people being like, you're on Facebook. What else are you on Facebook for besides to meet up with your exes? And then there are like a bunch of Twitter jokes and the dad is like, find me on Twitter. I'm like very Terry 3000 or something. And I made the mistake of going on Twitter and like searching it. And you just find all these like old tweets of people just being like, wow, hilarious. You're very Terry 3000 (laughs) in that like early internet way where like Twitter itself was like funny like that it, it existed was a simpler time. yeah it really anyway. was god it's mortifying so when like the facebook memories reach way way back to the the early days the yeah. way the statuses are like phrased like jennifer is and then like it would be like dot 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 and prompt you to like finish that statement oh it's it's painful on reread yeah when i see my uh my <laughs> built to spill lyric posts uh, <laughs> coming back up from the memory hole. I want to jump down the memory hole myself and never exist again. Um, anyway. Who's going to, did we ever talk about who was going to actually summarize this movie? I mean, I can do it in like genuinely probably five sentences. Do it. Um, go. go. And I'll I'm not going sentences. to be using, I'm not going to, oh God, oh God, I can't count Samantha. I was lying. Um, <laughs> I don't know what my number is. Uh, so I'm also not going to refer to any of them by like their name in the movie because that's I fine. I forgot. But <laughs> so Anna Ferris is a young, struggling 20 something who is really just bad at choosing guys to date. Like she's really just having a rough time. Uh, so she's recently fired, recently broke up with uh, one of a long strain of kind of shitty boyfriends. 
And her younger sister, who I actually will call by her character, Daisy, um, is about to get married. And so, you know, that kind of sets up a lot of weird tension because it's like, she's the younger daughter, but she's getting married first. What's oh, defective no. about the old one kind of thing? <laughs> um and so Anna Ferris, while at her sister's bachelorette party, um, oh, and I guess after she gets fired, Anna Ferris, she is looking at this magazine and it says, like, what's your number? And it's talking about like how many guys you've slept with. And the average is something like five or something. And she has slept with 19. So she's real fucked up about it. And so at the bachelorette party, she's like, I'm going to do some, like, I'm going to gather there's some quantitative data. Like I'm going to do some crowdsourcing here and I'm going to play a game where everyone kind of like reveals who their number is. And like everyone else is like under 10, like one person is like 11 and they're like, you slut. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And so she's really embarrassed about it. And so she's like, no, 20 is my, is my limit. I'm not going to have like the person that I have sex with next will be like my last person. And that's it. Like, they'll be the love of my life. Immediately, she gets drunk, runs into her ex-boss, and they have sex. And so now she's at 20. And she's like, oh, God, this really weird, arbitrary limit that I have set on myself has been broken. And now I guess I just can't have sex ever again. Um, Meanwhile, she runs into her a slut of a neighbor, Chris Evans. And he, um, I think like jokingly, I can't remember how this happens. I think that he kind of jokingly suggests at first, but I may be wrong of this idea of like, just go back in time, like go back to your previous exes. And like, see if there's something you can rekindle or something. I'm not going to pretend that I was paying super close attention (laughs) to this. And this is where I felt like Jen took way too long to establish the premise of going back through your sexual Rolodex. Like, if we're not there in the first 15 minutes, like don't bother and it's like first she gets fired then she reads a magazine article then she goes to a wedding and then finally it's like (laughs) hey what if the premise of the film happened you know and she's like that's a great idea and by that point i was like what am i even watching i felt like i was just watching a loose assemblage of uh misadventures from i think that they actually led into it in like the worst parts of the film the absolute nadir possible where they had chris bratt in a fat suit turned back up and um they had some hideously unnecessary flashback with that and um and then they're like oh he seems great now he's got a hot fiance maybe some of your old exes your other exes could be good now so then she seizes upon this genius plan that so that her number will not go over 20 that she will find one of her exes who is going to be better for her at this point and that's going to be her love so basically yeah and the whole reason why chris evans is looped into this is they strike up a deal where he will help her locate her uh 19 evil exes but maybe better now exes um and because he's like his dad was like a cop or something i don't know he's just like really good at running background checks yeah I guess. that was actually and super then, creepy their justification for chris evans's involvement I, here 
I know, I know. I, I understand that they couldn't have really thought of anything better, but still weird. Um, and in return, she will let him come over and hide from the women that he has one night stands with. So kind of an all around rough situation. (laughs) Really Um, weird. Why would you want to let strangers just wander around in your home growing angry until they finally realized you were never returning, you know? And like, I don't, I don't know, Chris Evans. I thought it was strange choice. It's weird. It's weird. Um, But anyway, she just kind of encounters a lot of weird uh, characters. One of them is Martin Freeman, um, who she pretends Tended to be British for in a very, very, very 2011 skit, I, in my opinion. Um, and then uh, there were my a lot favorite of other people. was there the was... magician who pulled coins out of her nethers. Yeah, he was fun. <laughs> oh, and then there was it turned into a, a full on fucking horror movie for a second when Andy Samberg showed up with a puppet. <laughs> yeah. This was pre-Samberg Zeitgeist, right? Was he on SNL at this point? Or like... This may have been around the time that he was on SNL. Probably. What if this was the role where Joanna Newsom saw him and she was like, yeah, I gotta have that. (laughs) Bring me that puppet. (laughs) Was it Um, one of you or was it someone on the internet that was saying it's staggering to think that like some of Joanna Newsom's music is probably about Andy Samberg? Uh, (laughs) Like... I've there seen was, that on the internet one recently. Song. I have also thought that independently. Whoever wrote that, you made me think uh, <laughs> a deep thought. There's one song by Joanna Newsom that is genuinely purely about Andy Samberg's balls. I'm pretty oh sure. Wow. <laughs> love what that. are those and lyrics like, it. Sadie? <laughs> I'll 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 dig it out of the archives and I'll send it over. Uh, <laughs> Me and Joanna, close friends. This little clip. <laughs> we, we, um, may, and we may have been doing this podcast for so long that I've already said this, but <laughs> but one of my favorite Andy Samberg moments is he was on a show called Comedy Bang Bang, uh, and Nick Kroll and John Mulaney were doing their like uh, their like Upper West Side like uh, characters from Oh Hello, and they were like teasing Andy. Samberg in character and they were basically teasing him that like he only acts like himself and they were they they were like Andy do Jake Peralta <laughs> like do your character from Brooklyn Nine-Nine and Andy Samberg was just like hi <laughs> and they were like wow that's so good <laughs> transformed <laughs> God. Oh, I don't want to think he was acting as himself with the puppet accompanied sex scene, though. Yeah, yeah. Showing some real range in this movie, then. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe maybe he does have a puppet with Joanna Newsom. Anyway, Sadie, you're way over your five sentence limit, but I'm going to generously. This this has been one one run on sentence. Oh, all the periods were Thomas. Yeah. Yeah. And semicolons. Some M dashes in there. Fuck (laughs) you. (laughs) Oh, glad to be back. (laughs) Let your hatred consume you. Um, 
Okay. And I'm going to touch on one of the exes. Um, So it's played by Anthony Mackie and pre-Marvel. They have so many fucking Marvel actors in this movie. (laughs) Wow, that's true. They only have like four, but that's a lot, I feel. (laughs) But anyway, Anthony Mackie is like a politician. And so she finds him, goes on kind of a dinner with him. And it seems like they're really hitting it off. And he's like, we could go all the way, baby. And she's like, yeah, fuck yeah. And then he's like, yeah, let's get married. And like, we'll be like the political couple of DC or whatever. And she's like, ah, uh, what? What are you? What? And she's like, shouldn't we like go on a date first? And he's like, no, no, like I'm gay. This would this is just a beard. And then he says something that I would love your help with. He says, the world is ready for the first black president, but they are not ready for the first gay black president. And I have to point out the obvious, which is that this was in 2011 with Barack Obama full swing into his presidency. So the implications that this exists in an alternate reality where Barack Obama has not <laughs> (laughs) seated or has not seceded the presidency. I just want to know more. I know that it's just because it was probably written pre-2008 and then they just didn't update the copy. I interpreted it as a reference to like, oh, Barack Obama got elected. So I know a black man can be be president, but I can't be because I'm gay. Oh. That's how I read it. That's how I interpreted it as well. But I do like Sadie's notion that this movie is set in a different reality than our own. It would explain a lot of other stuff. I'd like a, yeah, another no, M. Night Shyamalan reveal where this doesn't take place on Earth. It takes place on like Boston Alpha Centauri. Uh, it takes place on the Whoville Snowflake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, anyway, let's see what's next. So they so she and Chris Evans are like super in love by yeah, this yeah, point, yeah, obviously, yeah, yeah. but like she won't have sex with him because of her 20 person rule that she made up. And then they finally they break that and actually start getting together. I think when she gets back all depressed um, from like gay Anthony Mackie wanting to marry her. And uh, and so things are like going pretty well between them. But then. Again, weird plotting here. She gets upset because he actually did get in contact with like the last of her exes she was still trying to find, but he was trying to like he he put that off or whatever because Chris Evans did because he was dating her now. And she was like, "How dare you not tell me about this other guy on the list?" And he's like, "Oh, so that's like the reason that they're broken up." When she meets the other dude who what, what was his and name? Also her, his deal? And like like her sister also like psyched her out. I don't know if you mentioned oh, that. Oh yeah, no, I didn't, but that was really important because she was having so much fun with him being more like her own personality, but her like weird repressed family is not into that. So, yeah. So, let's see. What's his name? I'm just going to call him Toby. He seems like a Toby. <laughs> um and he seems good on the surface. 
But then later, actually at Daisy's wedding, he says something weird where he's like, I'm so glad that I was your first. And then she was like, "Um, no, you weren't my first. Like prom night was not the first time I had sex. And he's like, so what that you've slept with two guys in your lifetime? And I'm like, are you fucking delusional, bro? <laughs> that I was like, I was baffled. And so she was like, mm, no, I've slept with 19 guys. And he's like, that would be disgusting. And she was like, ah, ha, 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 ha. Um, he also then, disparages her doll dioramas. And he yeah. disparages her doll diorama, which, Way oh too my far. God, I love... <laughs> I love when heroines have just like a fucked up little hobby. Like I love that she has these like weird little like diorama um, clay puppet things that she makes. It reminds me of um, Elliot and I's favorite Christmas movie. It's called Holly Star. And the main heroine is a Ben Raku puppeteer. (laughs) (laughs) And she has dream sequences with the Ben Raku puppets portraying her and her loved ones and it's great it's very bad but i love when they when it's clear that like the writer is kind of a little bit into that hobby like i just know that the person who wrote this screenplay was like i'm a stop motion artist in my spare time (laughs) what's the movie with jason siegel where he goes to hawaii to nurse a recent marshall yes and he's a puppeteer who is making like a dracula musical with a puppet or something yeah 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 is there is that this just one screenwriter who (laughs) wishes he were a puppeteer or (laughs) or (laughs) a a quick side note about that i read a um rom-com one of those like these are the best 50 rom-coms of all time um and i disagreed with almost every point and it made me really mad to read it but number was it the one on the ringer I think it was The Ringer. Um, It came out And people were roasting it because it didn't have, like, rom-coms made before, like, 1980 or something. Like, it had no, like, screwballs or... Yeah, anyway. And also, it had, like, no Queen Latifah movie. It was a bad all around. But number 10... Of all time was forgetting Sarah Marshall. I was like, what? I oh my know God. you are fucking lying. <laughs> wow. This is not the top 10 rom-com of all time. I can it's barely not. keep it straight from the other Jason Siegel starring rom-coms of the era. Moonstruck was like number 40 or something. <laughs> Whoa. But anyway, anyway, um, so Anna Ferris decides, I actually do love Chris Evans and fuck my family and et cetera, et cetera. So she runs around and crashes all these weddings trying to find him because he's like doing a gig at a wedding. That part was exhausting. He's a musician. She steals a Honda Fit and this is, (laughs) I love Honda Fits and I rarely (laughs) see Honda Fits in cars, in movies. (laughs) And uh, (laughs) Honda discontinued the Fit is a way to try to funnel more people toward mini SUVs and everything is getting worse. Why not let people have small fuel efficient hatchbacks with large storage space for unusually large house plants? You know, like Now anyway. let me ask you, Samantha. And Honda Fit Were ranch. you or are you the proud owner of a Honda Fit? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> Um, 
anyway, um, a, a running thread throughout this movie is that she runs into Chris Pratt, who is one of her exes and is very happy with someone else. And he gets increasingly more and more disturbed by her presence in his life. <laughs> that comes up again. But then she finds Chris Evans. We crashes have to hear a wedding. Chris Evans butcher the car is just what I needed. I thought it was kind of a bop. I, oh, no, I love that song. <laughs> That's what is the problem here was Chris Evans singing <laughs> it. <laughs> He's not a great singer. Does he sing in anything else? I, I, I can't recall ever I, seeing him sing in a movie. I found it refreshing that they had him use his real voice. I'll say that. I um, mean, is it better than him awkwardly being like overdubbed to somebody who can actually sing it? Maybe. I think the best option would have just been to play the song that you want on the soundtrack, but not cast his character as the singer of the wedding band who was having to perform it. Yeah. That would have been my, Let's see. my move. So she confesses her love in a very like, this is not super cool that you're doing this at his job kind of way. And then <laughs> they make up and then they go back to her house and all the stuff. And then they have sex and they're vibing. And then she gets a call from Aziz Ansari, one of her exes. And he's like, um, you called me and talked about having sex, but we fully didn't have sex. And then she's like, oh my God, my arbitrary number has been preserved. And then it's the end of the movie. <laughs> exactly. Like that literally is the end. She's jumping up and down on the bed and the like camera zooms out of the window. The end. The end. <laughs> the, the fixation on the number. I don't know. It was, I w- was looking it up. I was like, was this movie adapted from a Cosmo article? Like, why does it? I don't know. It's like so tethered to that premise and it's like clearly this she wouldn't care era. about the number anymore if she were with chris pine they would just be i don't know <laughs> sexually chris enlightened pine adults from another together movie. chris evans get out of here oh, chris whatever. pine is coming in <laughs> so have i been saying chris pine this whole time uh just then i think i think you're saying chris evans before. honestly okay. it doesn't matter chris messina <laughs> <You know? laughs> Um, so what was your, what's your history with this movie? Have you both, have you, either of you seen it before? What are your thoughts? Is someone honking outside your window? Oh my God, you can over and this out. Over yeah, again? everyone's honking. Oh, oh my God. I'll just pause. <laughs> I was wondering if it was a car alarm or just one very angry uh, driver. Somebody. <laughs> oh, we lost Sadie. Oh my God, finally I'm fucking back. Would you believe that that was not a car alarm at all? <laughs> That's yeah, what we were talking about. <laughs> I don't know what's happening, but my parking lot is completely packed because everyone decided we're going to go get drunk on margaritas. And um, April 21st, baby. The, oh the weed God. high is wearing off and uh, they need tacos. Stat. Anyway, what were we talking about before I was rudely interrupted? I think you were going to ask for a general oh, thoughts yes. and feelings about the 2011 yes. film, What's Your Number? Starring <laughs> and also if you've seen it before. Chris Messina. <laughs> I have well, not seen it before. This is my first time seeing this film. And I feel like I did not see a lot of Anna Faris films when they came out. Um, I've caught up on some of them for this podcast. I still haven't seen The House Bunny I saw the first scary movie movie in theaters in a drive-in theater, and we watched the one where she that she was in with Ryan Reynolds a little while back. But this movie was an odd experience because it is terrible. Um, it's it's absolutely like the writing leads into offensive. Uh, 
in a bad way, humor often in that style of the, the 2009 rom-coms and, and the plot is ridiculous and awful. And, you know, it, it just all, it kind of sucks, but I, there's something really appealing about Anna Ferris, the way she plays kind of this, you know, neuroatypical woman doing her thing in the world in a way that like, I, she, she's just very appealing. Like even when she kind of got fixated on this weird, um, you know, Cosmo article premise project in this that doesn't make sense yeah. to anybody else kind of to the, <laughs> you know, um, to the point of damaging her relationships and really shaking up her life. Um, I, I don't know. She's just, she's really appealing. So she makes me want to like her, even though I did not on the whole enjoy the movie. Yeah. I, so I, of course, saw this movie in theaters. Um, and when I watched, so I watched this movie and then and I've maybe watched it once more like a year or two later, like in 2013. And then I had not revisited it since. And so in my recollection prior to watching it this time, I was like, I I, I, I thought of it as like one of the better early 2010s rom-coms. And I suppose that just by default of the other movies, that may be true, just because I felt like there was some level of chemistry between Anna Faris and Chris Evans. And Chris Evans is very hot in this movie. Um, and I think the kind of like, it's kind of like a, a fun kind of romp of going through these exes. So there's like a new little like vignette each yeah. time. So that's kind of like keeps your interest more though, more so than I can say for a lot of other movies at this period. But it's just a lot of it doesn't make sense. And it I, I think that it could have been a lot more compelling if it dug in a little bit more on like why she's feeling like her quote unquote number is important. And like what that says about the way that we view women. And like, I think that that could have been a, an interesting commentary maybe. I don't think that we really need to dwell on it. And I certainly don't think that a movie, I, I don't think that it worked very well in this in this context. It could have been worse is all I'll say. It could have been worse. Yeah, at some point I I was watching it and I was like, well, at least no characters have like directly called each other homophobic slurs. <laughs> like that's oh. to me how I tell the difference between like 2011 and 2004 is like random drops of the F slur and you're like, wait, what? What? Uh, um yeah um gosh i'll echo a lot i think anna ferris is very captivating to watch even when given middling material to perform and at least it was diverting in that way of like well what guest star is gonna play the next ex-boyfriend and that kind of thing but um yeah in general like not enough uh introspection or depth to the characters like i liked with Chris Evans, they're just like, fuck it, shoot him looking out over the skyline like twice. And that that's going to stand in for him having an inner life. Um, but they didn't do much better with Anna Ferris's character either. They were just they were too eager to get to the comedy of her that scene of like, 
oh, I put my number in the thing with the bridesmaids and we all pulled it out and whoops, I'm going to tear mine in half to make it look like my number's not big or whatever. Like we went straight from the shock of her realizing her number was so much higher than the average to that scene without anything like Sadie said of like, why does she feel like that? Does she care or does she feel societal pressure? Like, does is she genuinely looking for love? Like, it just felt like the number governed her arbitrarily. Like, it had this preternatural force that was guiding all of her actions. And it's like, (laughs) I get that it's the title of the movie, but you, the character, fixated on it. And she like was like her beefing with her sister was mad at her because she was like blowing off stuff like preparations for her sister's wedding and being an emotional support or whatever for because of the number but i guess maybe it was supposed to be like uh you know they did show us that she and the sister both had an uncomfortable relationship with the mom who expected them to be a certain way and stuff and the awkward dad showed up at the end to talk about twitter but yeah i don't know (laughs) this is a bizarre comparison but there were times when her fixation on the number recalled darren aronoff pie about a mathematician <laughs> who like gets obsessed with um like finding the golden mean or something some some mathematical figure that like has never been fully calculated out or something it's like <laughs> Anna Ferris just like hold up in a room being like the number I've got to calculate all these numbers I've got to find out how many men I do feel like weirdly she she made that energy kind of appealing you know like the what movie there's a point where so she's recruited Chris Evans to help her stalk her ex-lovers so that she can try to re-enter one of their lives and begin a forever relationship. And she goes over to his apartment for the first time and he has like, what he like doesn't have a couch but he's got like a pin board on the wall with all of her exes like staked out on it like some serial killer manhunt search and she's like, like, oh cool. Like she's like into that. Like, (laughs) and I don't know why her, like, just, like, wide-eyed earnestness in these, like, horrifying, like, misogynist in the the way of the times um, scenarios just made her seem very likable and appealing, even though this was, like, truly a nightmare movie. Like, I don't think there was any good situation she was ever in in this entire movie, except when she was making her weird little clay puppet people by herself in her apartment. Well, I think that brings us to our question of the other guys. Like, what are we feeling? for the other guy like do you think that they were kind of well matched do you think that he was the best option I would say that he's a best option for now but that's it's just kind of a hard that's it's like super fiction there because he was like a manic pixie dream bro like he didn't really like it was kind of eerie like how do you have your money to live in this place dude and you don't and oh you're like you, you're a wedding band singer with a drum set in yeah. your apartment and like I, but he's just always there to be like oh let's go up on the roof oh let's go get into a mishap at your ex's house and like fall in love while we're like, you know, skipping along the street together. Let's jump in the Boston Harbor, which was disgusting. (laughs) He was definitely a manic pixie dream guy. I completely agree. Same era as New Girl where uh, underemployed (gasps) people have large lofts in expensive urban centers. But Samantha, we can forgive them because New Girl (laughs) is the greatest show ever created. It's almost 
just like the apartment on New Girl is another character. No, but, <laughs> but I genuinely do like the loft in New Girl, even though it's like, how do any of you? Yeah. Anyway, you're an elementary school I, teacher. I will say I did love Anna Ferris's apartment in this movie. I'll be fully transparent. Did it have a conversation pit or did it just kind of like slope downward it had some weird layout uh in terms of its its floors i i can't i think it had like a a dip down into the living room like a step down and then like oh. another step up in the kitchen or something i don't know it was God, weird. though you all are making me think of a point against chris evans though he disgustingly put his shoes that he had worn in from outside the house onto the upholstery of her couch multiple times oh i I noticed that, Jen. I noticed that like a hawk. As someone who does not allow people to wear shoes in their house, period, I was disgusted. That's just what a casual, chill guy he is, you know? (laughs) He's eating, what street food does he eat in this movie? I love the tactics. I think he just eats food off of the street. I did get though, like I like Samantha said, this movie was diverting. It kept moving quickly enough. Like you would get uncomfortable in one scenario, but it would kind of roll on past it quickly enough. You know, I did laugh out loud at the the scene with her and the magician, and I did get like the gigs pretty bad when she was going to find um, Anthony Mackie, the politician in DC, and she was just doing some weird walk in her little suit there off of the train like oh my legs I think I'm gonna cramp or something and I don't know it was funny as fuck so I kind of wish that it would have just been more of an absurdist movie just following on a Ferris around getting into these situations like with dude she's flirting with or dating or whatever instead of trying to hew to this bizarre plot which apparently Google is telling me that it was adapted from a book called what? Oh that explains it probably <laughs> adapted from like a relationship advice book huh or something like that It's one called 20 times a lady Oh it's yeah Okay. Is it like a rom-com? It's about a protagonist, Delilah Darling, who exceeds her magic, dot, dot, dot. Delilah. Was her name Delilah in this? It was Allie. Okay, okay. What happened to my summary when I clicked open? Oh, here we go. Oh, so apparently the the sleeping with her boss um, being the 20th guy, that they apparently did stick pretty closely to some of the plot points. I went on IMDb to try to find like the full (laughs) list of boyfriends, but of course I had to click... Uh, trivia and um <laughs> there are a few details that you've got to know but first i have to stop my cat from tearing up my puffy vest let her speak <laughs> this is not a language i accept we use our words in this house um anyway uh it says that anna ferris later admitted to hating working on this movie so I want to find the interview where she says that. Uh, it also says the studio thought that 20 was too unrelatable and wanted it to be 16. And Anna Ferris is the reason it ended up being 20 because she was like, look, uh, it's 2011. <laughs> and then someone wrote a piece of IMDb trivia that sounds like they're the protagonist of Darren Aronofsky's <laughs> pie. It says there are two number fours in the movie poster, one in the middle and one on the left. Although unable to notice the four by Anna Ferris's leg is the number 14 that that one is slightly hidden (laughs) 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 
case you needed to know, wait, I have to go <laughs> on to Letterboxd and just see what the people, my people are saying about <laughs> what's what's your number. Oh, I thought it was what's my number. Well, I guess that makes sense. Okay. Looks like Rotten Tomatoes says 23%. Uh, bah, bah, bah. <laughs> Someone said Chris Evans sleeping in jeans, psychopathic <laughs> behavior. <laughs> so true (laughs) a lot of people really like this movie that's crazy i will say that he did uh, he was kind of um endearing in some ways like i actually don't have that much of a beef with the main couple like i think that they're both a little cringy i feel like they're kind of a vibe they seem to enjoy each other's company and i like the the message of like when she's giving the speech at Daisy's wedding and she's like the person that you're meant to be with is the one who makes you yourself and I think that that's a that's a true statement and so I'm not like entirely opposed to them I just think that the script was bad so much of it was like weirdly fat phobic and slut shamey and it was just everything else was bad but I didn't have a huge beef with the main with the main uh relationship I Jen, agree. celebrity gossip expert where did this fall in the Chris Pratt Anna Ferris oh, uh, extended I I universe look this up beforehand your powers are being my summoned pr- my powers are weak hang on the, I'm shining <laughs> the Dumois signal into the sky uh, they were okay how does Lainey Gossip feel about Dumois, Jen? That's uh, that's something oh, I want to know. Dumois is is beneath notice on Lainey Gossip. Um, they <laughs> they won't uh, deal in unsubstantiated um, rumors from anonymous blinds. I guess it'll be occasionally acknowledged on Dumois if it's just something that led to a larger conversation and they're mentioning like how it, you know, as you know, I actually really miss Lainey's blinds. She always had the best blind items, but she hasn't done one in a long time. Okay. USA Today relationship timeline. They met in 2007. I knew they were still married when this movie was happening. Okay. Well, they were married. Yes, they were married. Okay, so they got married in 2009. This came out in 2011. They had their son in 2012. Um, when did they adopt Snowball? Oh, I do not know. Wait, is that a pet? Well, that was the, the human? where he oh tried to rehome God. the. Yeah. You don't. Yeah. Um. So hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Please hold on. Just hold that on. That was like the first clue the world started <laughs> okay, to so- get that Chris Bratt was like. A fucked up individual. Yes. So do you remember, Samantha, the a classic film, Stuart Little? And then subsequent question, do you remember Snowbell? Stuart Little, that- uh, written by M. Night Shyamalan. Fun fact. Yes. That's not a joke. Yeah. What? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, but um, no, I never saw the the live action Stuart damn. Little. No. Oh, it's great! It's fantastic. <laughs> in the most earnest way possible, it's great. <laughs> but anyway, um, there's a cat in it named Snowbell, and Anna Ferris actually adopted that cat, like that actor, that cat catter, um, cat cat-or. cactor. <laughs> 
Um, and Snowbell was quite aged at this point. Um, but then later, many years later, I think if it was a few years ago, maybe, um, it came out that Chris Pratt had actually rehomed that cat. Like Chris Pratt had uh, Anna Ferris rehome the cat because it was getting too yeah. old. And well, like not only was it that like, like even like a humane like scenario where like they needed to rehome or like found an appropriate place or anything. It's like he got on Twitter and was like, Hey, does anybody want my cat? Like, <laughs> yeah. And that was many, many of, of last straws for me. Yikes. So yeah, I think that that actually, okay, this is, this has gotten me more into the swing of remembering what went on here. Um, because Chris Pratt was actually pretty culturally beloved um, up until that point because he was Andy on Parks and Rec, you know, and was kind of like, like, like people sort of viewed him as that, like, you know, sort of fun guy persona. But then he did the horrible thing, trying to give away the cat on Twitter. And he, he did like the, oh, what the fuck? What's the, John Krasinski, who's married to Emily Blunt, also did that path of like getting roided out and extremely ripped and then like revealed themselves to be like weird CIA loving, like fascist Republicans. And, uh, oh, is John Krasinski a fascist Republican? I, um, I don't think he, he's overtly identified his party, but like he did this Jack Ryan show on Amazon Prime and people were ripping on him for some post where he was like, thanks to the CIA for like <laughs> protecting us every day or something. Because <laughs> like he did film oh. at research for the role with them and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, Chris Pratt and all, Chris Pratt, which by the way, you all know that ever since you write it down, like C R I S P space rat as in the animal, that's the only way you will ever be able to pronounce it or hear it again. Chris Pratt. Yeah. Um, yes. He also became extremely like, like conservatively evangelical. He got, he got into like evangelical Christianity pretty hardcore um, after um, his and Anna Ferris's son was born. Um, so anyway, this all spiraled out over time and they got divorced and now he has his weird marriage with Arnold Schwarzenegger's daughter where he makes incredibly embarrassing Instagram captions. <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, this was still when he would have been well received. Like when this movie aired in theaters, people would have been like, oh, like the Easter egg of him being her in real life husband would have probably seemed appealing at the time. I don't know how even in 2011, though, anybody would have thought that the fat suits were a good idea. Was this pre or post dramatic Chris Pratt weight, weight loss too is part of the I thing? I think it was pre I think um, it well yeah maybe kind of mid like yeah. where he hadn't gotten full star lord level yet but um he's he's pretty slender in his scenes where he's being terrified by Anna Ferris's character that, seeming unhinged in this movie didn't the first guardians of the galaxy come out in like 2014 or something i'm i'm not 100% sure on that but i will say just in case anyone was curious 2011 was the year where he posted on twitter about wanting to get rid of his cat oh, oh so it yeah the, it was a this <laughs> the concurrent the 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 intersection <laughs> of these two points 
I didn't, I don't think that I knew about that until later, until around the time that his profile had blown up enough um, that probably that he was going to be in Guardians of the Galaxy. Then somebody reported that more widely um, because I guess he wasn't super off screen famous still yet. But yeah, he really has been the worst Chris all along, hasn't he? And I used to like him. I'll say it in the earlier seasons of, I mean, this was back in like whenever in high school when I was watching Parks and Rec. He was one of my favorites. It's when the timeline split. When they gave Jurassic Park to Chris Pratt, you know, like (laughs) the soul of our country died that day. Samantha, what are your thoughts on Chris Pratt as Mario? Um, My thoughts are, Mario, go fish. Um, (laughs) I guess I'm go fishing. I think they should find whatever Charles Martin you know knockoff. That's my favorite thing that anyone has ever said. <laughs> they got to do. Is you saying go fishing? They should find that voice actor because I'm sure Charles Martinet didn't do the you know Mario teaches typing, or maybe he did. But uh, yeah, have that one do Mario, like the actor who played the genie in the direct to um, VHS <laughs> Aladdin sequel. Just yeah. something a little off from the. Like, that's Mario's voice, right? So was that like for real? Or I just read the headlines that were going around on like oh, Twitter that he that day, is? Right? Yeah, that's for real. Oh, but that Chris Pratt is not going to even attempt an Italian accent as That Mario. is also true. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Blasphemy. This thing happens in Hollywood where like everything starts getting funneled to the same five people because like no one has name recognition anymore. And so everyone feels like to get buzz, we have to do it. And that's how like people end up like being like, let's have Chris Pratt play Harriet Tubman or, you know, like just insane, horrible, regressive casting. Oh my goodness. Okay. Uh, To continue a conversation that we had from a few episodes ago for listeners who may be just jumping in here and don't recall back to that, but we were talking (laughs) about- that up, Jen. (laughs) Yes. How fucked up it is that- like there seemed to be a time when people realized that like fat suits are fucked up, like just hire an actor who looks like the yeah. role that you want them to look like. And we were talking about that, a freaking Jared Leto in the house of Gucci movie. Why the fuck? Okay. So I, I got on HBO max this week and I started watching new Batman, like uh, with Robert oh, Pattinson. Colin and- Farrell. <laughs> what? Pattinson. what? Why, yeah. why Colin Farrell? I I love Colin yeah. Farrell. I am a fan of Colin Farrell as an actor. What the fuck was Colin Farrell doing there that a guy who looked like that couldn't do better? Like, why did that? Wh- why didn't they just let him look like Colin Farrell and be like hot Colin Seems Farrell? Like they could have just gotten <laughs> James Gandolfini, you know. Oh, he oh wait, was fine. He'd, he's, oh. he died. I'm, he I'm is, sorry. He passed away <laughs> oh, like nine years ago. Um, I'm sure that he's flattered though. But like, yeah, he was he fine? Yeah, like I didn't like. Sometimes I would remember, oh god, that's Colin Farrell. But most of the time, it was somewhat convincing. He he is the penguin, so he already is supposed to look a little fucked up. So like the fat suit doesn't really like work against it because he's already supposed to like look like not like right, like not like a human <laughs> being. Um, so like it, it doesn't necessarily detract. 
but it's also like why like he's so unrecognizable even (laughs) in like his speech patterns in the way he looks in everything that's like yeah Colin Farrell is a good actor and so this was a good performance but also there are so many other actors out there that are that body type that you could have used yeah I mean and it's not like they needed the star like like a seven-year-old girl and then end up with the penguin (laughs) and the batman you know like put her on stilts uh we saw her in the audition we knew she was the (laughs) only option for this to play a middle-aged male gangster (laughs) do you remember um i'll try to find this it was this one influencer woman who dressed up like the penguin from like <laughs> Batman Return like the Danny DeVito and it version. was the Danny DeVito <laughs> and she put her whole ass into that <laughs> she looked exactly like Danny DeVito <laughs> That's what <laughs> that influencers should be doing. Impersonating Danny DeVito. But to get back to the list of boyfriends, I forget who Zachary Quinto plays. He was the biker guy at here. the beginning. Okay. The one who's like in her apartment and then he leaves. And oh, I think she, she asked him to go to her sister's wedding, but he thinks that that would be too serious. And then they break up. I think maybe my other guy choice is Martin Freeman. Yeah, I, they really got along. <clears throat> and I get that that's going to be an awkward moment when you have to, you know, make the admission to him that you faked having a British accent around him for the entire time you knew him previously. But once he gets past the shock of that, yeah, I think they'd be a great couple. He would have I mean, been clearly he, he finds my, her effect charming. <laughs> he was going to be my choice as well. Because like, I understand that idea of like, you're in too deep. But I feel like she could have definitely he would have definitely understood. And then just kind of moved on. Because I think that they were, they were, I mean, he was the most normal, certainly. Yeah. And Chris Evans, I think, yeah, you, you're going to have fun for a few weeks, I guess, like broing out with him and eating like cold pizza for every meal. But I don't yeah, know. Yeah, go a little older, <laughs> I think. You know, like eventually the charm of just like hanging out with Chris Evans will wear off, I feel like. Just like your days can't, and this is a mistake many rom-coms make because it's fun to watch, but like being in love doesn't just mean you have one day where you do seven spontaneous things in a row, you know? I don't know. Like where it's like, let's jump into the Boston Harbor. Oop, I got us into Fenway Park. Like, uh, like I don't know. What's going to happen when you- Oh, that was so annoying. Yeah. <laughs> I hate also like a, a, guy. a thrill of going Happy Gilmore did this as well, right? Or something of like, oh, it's so romantic to be in an empty sports arena. It's like, no, that would be terrifying. <laughs> it's so big. It's haunted when people are not in them. <laughs> like being in a church at nighttime. I am proud to say that I have finally found the Batman costume that I was telling you both about. <laughs> And I'm sending it in the group chat. This is Robin, NBA player Robin Lopez and his and his wife. <laughs> and I have sent it into the group chat. <laughs> wow. That is amazing. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> like she committed. That, like <laughs> that is the that is the only appropriate use of <laughs> 
this makes me respect this basketball player more um, as well, knowing that he is willing to go all in on this couple's costume with his wife. <laughs> I think she also, <laughs> her name is Christine Farkas. And she, <laughs> she also like stained the front of it in that believable way where like it does yeah. isn't Danny DeVito in that movie like always kind of a little messy. Yeah. Like, yeah. 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 Like, I can't stop staring at it. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> That's the only appropriate use of a fat suit that I've ever seen. (laughs) All right. Like she gets a pass. (laughs) One exception, and it is if you do an absolute like thread perfect recreation costume of Danny DeVito as the penguin. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. I can't I can't laugh at this anymore. I physically can't. Um Let's see. Do you, you have, have to anything? post this to the Twitter so people I know what the do. fuck you're talking about? It's always so refreshing to see, you know, like <laughs> this one is eerie. This other one where she's coming up behind the blow up ducky, like in the pool. <laughs> oh my god! Oh no, she's talking. Is she Danny straight, DeVito Sadie? Shaking. I don't know. Because it's always refreshing to me when straight women do genuinely, like, uh, horrifying Halloween costumes. Yeah. You know? As far as, like, I know she is straight. Um, And she's very hot, which makes it even funnier. (laughs) Because (laughs) she looks fucked up. Regularly. Wow, yeah. She's, like, an insta-baddie when she's not. Danny DeVito is the penguin. (laughs) Her caption, Danny DeVito is shaking. <laughs> Damn. I, mean, I, I am shaking. That was an intense experience, Sadie. <laughs> so do we so have she anything else that we want to say about this movie? Better than Colin Farrell. Oh, absolutely. Let's see. What Should else is there to say about is this movie? My else? mind is drained of thoughts. <laughs> I've searched and I found nothing. Nothing but the visions the rock has left for me. Perfect. Perfect. Excellent. Better movie roles for Anna Ferris this decade universe. Give them to us. We like her. We thought some things were funny about this, but it's definitely an artifact of dystopia. This is what I'll I give, would say. What's your number? <laughs> Quickly, eleven out of twenty uh, guys. How dare oh. you? She jumped into that so fast because she didn't want anyone else to take it. Um, I will give it two uh, clay weird looking puppets out of five. (laughs) It was fine. I wouldn't like walk out of the room if it was on again. I would, you know, just vibe. But it's uh, very, very 2011. But um, Anna Ferris and Chris, uh, uh, I can't remember his last name. That the Chris <laughs> oh, Mr. had Brad. good Evans. chemistry. <laughs> Evans, Evans had good had good chemistry. I guess I give what's your number? 2011. A handful of gold coins that a bartender slash magician one night stand pulls out of your cooter and dazzles you with briefly <laughs> for a moment, but then you're just left alone with the taste of nickel in your mouth afterwards. Samantha, Jen, <laughs> what what empty stadium? Should should people take us into? Oh God, I don't know the names For of any podcast? stadiums. <laughs> 
Well, clearly none, because Samantha's terrified of large, empty stadiums locked up after dark. Can you imagine what, like, that basketball would sound like? Just, like, bouncing off the floor in there with no bodies or anything to absorb the sound? Eerie. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at YSSTOG, or you can also send us emails, which we rarely check, but are always excited when we see that we have received a missive at YSSTOGpodcast at gmail.com. And if you enjoy listening to our little podcast, uh, you should give us good ratings on the platforms upon which you listen to it. And if you would like to help uh, us pay to stream all of these movies and apparently now TV shows that we are watching to discuss for you, you can join our patreon.com slash YSSTOG, which gets you access to our Discord server where we are definitely going to post some pictures of this lady dressed up as Danny DeVito as the penguin. And uh, there are tiered rewards where you can get like playlists for Sadie and you can even select a movie for us to discuss. Ahem, ahem, ahem. Oh God, oh God, oh God, oh God. Ahem. <laughs> okay. Oh, it's okay. It'll be okay. Oh, oh God. Oh God. <laughs> I would like to thank our lovely, wonderful Patreons. <laughs> Logan, Logan Mayonnaise, Andrew, Althea, Xenalon, Sharon, Justin, Evan, Liz, Brittany, Ace, Mara, Ramey, The Void, Hartleaf, Abe with Teeth, Hadas, Ryan, Maddie, and Abby. We love you all so very much. And uh, we know that you wouldn't care what our numbers are. Yeah. That's and true like, friendship. We're not going to be ashamed of you, even if there are more than 20 of you. But 30? Forget it. <laughs> 30? <laughs> what a slutty podcast. <laughs>